0: Okay. Here goes nothing. Let's go save this angle. Uh, okay, uh, guys, I'm just going to move back a little bit here. You guys are fine, stay where you are. What do you mean? No, no, you're fine. I'm just gonna move back. Oh my god, it actually worked. Um how did I let's not think about that? We gotta we gotta we gotta go save that pay-per-view! Okay, uh we okay, I have this all prepared. Uh okay. White. <laughs> go, 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 Uh how much time have I got? for 30 seconds! Uh okay. Uh Eddie, Eddie Kingston! Eddie Kingston! What is Kingston doing out here? Oh crap, Eddie's here! Kingston, uh a... Okay, just just, just place it under here. Everything is going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save HW. Okay, this is gonna blow it. Oh God! Go, go, go! Kick the- Okay, that that actually worked. Okay, now, now it's time to tune into Dynamite. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's time for another WWE Dynamite. No, no, this, this can't be. It kills me inside. You are so tasty, so delicious, and... So sugary and, and and just everything I want. But in this great oh god, sport, this didn't rejuvenate his career, it buried it, it I gave him a to f- f- cookie gimmick. Have to look in no. no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> On this week's episode of the Wrestling with Fiction podcast. We'll be discussing the Mad King himself, Eddie Kingston! One of my thoughts on the possibility of Eddie Kingston winning the world title, should he be the first to feud with Kenny Omega, and where on earth will he go next? So for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, tell them all about this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! Ladies, gentlemen, and lady, gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast! The podcast where I pitch to you wrestling storylines from the good to the bad to the damn right insane. My name is Connor, and everyone who is new here or you're old here, I'm going to try and get better at saying this. If this is your first time, your second time, or your millionth time watching an episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. Share it with your friendliest friends, so that one day we can have more fictional friends. So, with that in mind, Eddie Kingston. By God, I think we all thought he was dead after Sunday. Uh, Not physically, but metaphorically, you know? Like, after the whole AEW revolution thing. Like, I, I gave my thoughts about it. I was very confused on where they were going to go from there. Scared for Eddie. And, by God. Eddie is AEW's Jesus. <laughs> he's he's somehow made this work. I i can't believe it. I, I, I legitimately can't believe this. <laughs> that somehow this production era... It's still o- not fully okay, like I haven't gotten over the whole moment, but I-, I feel more accepting of it because Eddie Kingston, as a promo, is absolutely incredible. So much so that I-, I wanted to do an episode on him like two or three months ago, roughly around when he debuted. You may have heard me talk about it with Cody Rhodes, because I absolutely love this man's promos and the way that he carries himself everything feels real to Eddie Kingston i don't i don't think he knows that kayfabe is a thing <laughs> that's that's what eddie kingston is so i'm i'm very much looking forward to this and before we get to the overall storyline pitches we need to get the process out there you know i got i got to speak my mind a bit so We're going to start with, as usual, if you're a regular listener now, we are going to be starting with the tagline. So, for any of you who are new to listening to this podcast, what is the tagline? The tagline is basically my thought process of what I want to do with this character for this week. And it's basically a 30-word summary of what the plans are, and what the goals, obstacles, stakes, and tactics, and stuff like that. Think of it like a summary that you see on Netflix or when you're looking at a streaming service to see what you're going to watch. That is what this segment is. So, without further ado, I, I believe I need to ask myself, the editor of this podcast, to cue the music, future me! to be a lot harder than I initially anticipated because after AEW Dynamite this week Eddie Kingston is a full-on babyface now which is great for everyone but me because basically this makes his whole character summary a lot more complicated because we don't really know where he's gonna go like we assume that he's gonna be a babyface and he's gonna be a good guy you know helping out Jon Moxley cuz they're now best friends Again, at least. For now. Who knows? So, I'm only going to be going off of this week's AEW. Kind of all the developments from Revolution. Because I think that's probably the strongest elements of Eddie Kingston's character at this point. This kind of very tough, prideful family man to an extent. Like, even though he doesn't have a family, he respects, like, the wrestlers itself. And the hard work they put in. So... I'm gonna go with, for this week purely, that Eddie Kingston's tagline is risking his life to save his former best friend a mad king attempts to right the wrongs that he has committed, fixing the mistakes that led him to the top. Because at the core of Eddie Kingston's character in his time in AEW it's been this guy who felt like he should have been at the top so much faster than he initially came in. Working year after year in the independent scene, only to really get maybe a couple dates at Impact Wrestling and maybe a look as to be a coach in WWE. Like, there's so much stuff for Eddie Kingston, particularly being looked down upon to a point where he had to use so many tactics just to push himself to the top. But now that he's at the top, It's the question of him righting the wrongs of what he's done. Or at least from the perspective that he's now had from saving his best friend's life. At least attempting to. We we, we won't talk about the angles. So, that's kind of my thought process here. It's probably not as fleshed out as some of the other ones. But I think that's the closest we can get with this new babyface character that we've got with Eddie Kingston. So... Do you think you could have done this better than me? I I think you probably could this week. If you did, or you have any other ideas for it, send me your taglines at Wrestling with Fiction on Instagram or on Twitter at Connor the Cooper. Because honestly, I really want to hear your guys' suggestions on this. Like Eddie Kings is still very new to being a babyface in AEW. And I'm very curious to see where he goes. So, without further ado, I think I've gone far enough on this segment. I think it's time that we move on to my very first pitch. And in this, I think it's very clear that Eddie Kingston needs to prove that he's an alpha so that he can conquer the Omega. Are you ready for this? It's Kenny Omega! Because of flipping course it is. Like, you, you don't just have Eddie Kingston punch the man in the face and not give him, like, a, a big match against Kenny Omega, right? Or at least a program with him. <laughs> like, I think a lot of people have been waiting to kind of see... What Eddie Kingston could do outside of the kind of John Moxley feud. And we got a bit with Lance Archer. But I don't think we got the definitive like big victory or big thing for Eddie Kingston. Which has been something that he's really been missing. So you might be asking initially about this story. Am I essentially pitching an Eddie Kingston world title run? No. But what I am suggesting is that you keep him in the main event mix. So how does on earth does this come about? So, we're going to try and keep it to kind of the modern day booking that we have right now. So, at the time of this recording, we are one week away from the St. Patrick's Day special. I, I don't know what the name is off the top of my head. Where we are having Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus the Good Brothers in a tag team match. And Eddie Kingston, I don't think, is... No, not Eddie Kingston. Kenny Omega isn't really booked on the show. Okay, no surprises there. So, we are gonna stay true to goofy Kenny Omega that we've been getting since he became world champion. Varying from him going to golf carts, uh randomly teaching school children to race his appeal, and building the weirdest, wackiest barbia deathmatch thing eventually didn't explode in storyline wink wink so this whole thing starts out like a lot of kenny omega segments he well it doesn't really we have alex marvez waiting outside kenny omega's locker room to just interview him and basically who opens the door it's don Callis. because why on earth would it not be don Callis? And he's basically talking about how why on earth would Kenny Omega play such juvenile games with you, Marvez? He is a professional. Do you do you not know the dangers and strengths that come with him wanting to be the greatest in the world? But don't worry, me, the invisible hand, I can express that. He's preparing for his future Impact Wrestling World Title match exclusive on the Rebellion pay-per-view April 24th. He has no reason to be with the likes of you, Marvez. So walk with me. So yeah, Alex Marvez, Don Callis—they're walking together. I swear this is all going to be relevant. And they're just, you know, just having a chat. Don Callis putting over Kenny Omega as the god of pro wrestling, and they get to the parking lot, where Don Callis just says, "You know, this this interview is over. Like, I'm I'm sure you had a great time. You really want to see Kenny." You know, we've, we've grown to really enjoy your company, Marvez. So, I'm going to give you a little exclusive, courtesy of The Invisible Hand. Kenny Omega is here. And then what comes up? It's Kenny Omega driving a truck with the Good Brothers. And at the back of that truck, it's Eddie Kingston, beaten, battered, and bloody. And the segment ends with Don Callis driving off with Eddie Kingston in the back of, in the back seat of the truck. Pretty much setting up that John Moxley is going to be fighting the Good Brothers on his own in the handicap match because now things are getting serious, and that they may have joked about destroying John Moxley before, but this time it's for real. So. This match starts out how you'd kind of expect it to. John Moxley and pretty much with nobody faces the Good Brothers. He tries to fend them off but it isn't quite working. They are the Impact Tag Team Champions after all. And you have Kenny Omega on commentary just putting over the Good Brothers. You know, we get a couple little weird talks about Matt and Nick Jackson, what their whole relationship is. And as this happens, Eddie Kingston's music starts to play. And Yeah. Guess who's driving the truck backstage? Because of course, you got someone there with the camera. It's Eddie Kingston, bad bloody and bruised, like we've seen before. Except it's just Don Callis in the boot now. He has somehow taken over the truck to drive back to Jacksonville. (laughs) And he is basically heading to the ring carrying Don Callis on his shoulder (laughs) and Kenny Omega. Of course, it's absolutely furious. You know, the crowd at AEW are going nuts because this man has just beaten the living S-word out of Don Callis, a guy who is pretty much, in AEW storyline, the, the antichrist because he wants to bring in Impact Wrestling stars. Heck, Gallows and Anderson are the Impact Tag Team Champions. <laughs> so, this happens. He basically just drops Don Callis on the side Kenny Omega's going to sort of like comfort him. And Eddie Kingston comes in to get tagged in to John Moxley. And he starts going wild on the Good Brothers. They have a back and forth for a bit. And the winners are eventually John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston pick up the win with the Hurricane, The Hurricane, not Urican. Jesus, my accent. So yeah, that is the start of this thing. So, we cut to Sacrifice at Impact Wrestling special show. Where, yes, because they are not challenging for anything, it's Eddie Kingston and Sean Moxley versus the Good Brothers for the Impact Tag Team titles. Because why on earth wouldn't you do it? So, if you've seen my Jon Moxley booking, or any ideas I pitched with it, you might remember that I pitched a tag team with Eddie Kingston and Jon Moxley. Yeah, imagine that. And also, they win the tag titles. You know, just to stick it in the face of Impact Wrestling. (laughs) So we have that. Because, let's face it, Kenny Omega's probably going to win the Impact World title. I'm assuming so. So we continue on. We get an Impact Wrestling tag team title match on AEW Dynamite. Of course, this is going to sound like 50-50 booking, but it will kind of make sense. So, it is Gallowson Anderson versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley for the tag team titles. And in the middle of this year, Kenny Omega is constantly interfering in this match. To a point where it's just clear lunacy. And people are wondering why on earth is the referee not disqualifying the Good Brothers because of this? Because it seems like he's just turning a blind eye. From all of these blatant interferences by Kenny Omega. Constantly targeting Eddie Kingston for what he did to Don Callis. And it's V-Trigger after V-Trigger being put on it onto Eddie Kingston. Where the referee rips his shirt off. Revealing that he is an Impact referee. <laughs> so he wants the titles to go back to Impact. Which eventually results in the Good Brothers having it back. Eddie Kingston... Essentially, he's beaten the living S-word out of... Again. And Kenny Omega... Cuts this promo in the middle of the ring. Basically saying that... I... Wanted... To take over the entire wrestling world... Kingston. And... You... Are just... A parasite... On that journey... Towards success. And for me... I can't let you do the same things that I saw your little friend John did. So Kenny Omega gets out a barbed wire baseball bat. Kind of the same one that he knocked uh, John Moxley out with. And he just whacked it over Eddie Kingston's he- head. He's out for a couple weeks. Kenny Omega has a match with... I'm trying to think of someone logical. A uh, Pentagon! There we go! Kenny Omega versus Pentagon. Back and forth exchange. Really fun. And then, guess who comes out? It's Eddie Kingston. After the thing, because he just starts... Kenny Omega starts wailing on Pentagon. He starts coming out. He goes for the save. And rather than just completely chase off Kenny Omega like he's already done, he apologizes to Penta. He tries to reconcile with some of his demons, because... He let one family member back in. I'm willing to forgive another. So, just hugs Penta, you know, friendship, family. He still considers Penta a brother because that's what Eddie Kinks' character's been. He's basically been the dad of the independent wrestling scene, okay? Like, he's been all over the world, Progress, uh, PWG, all, all around the world. He's seen everyone from whatever country. So yeah I kind of want to see him Get a real reconcile there In which it's built That we're going to get a special event Match you know those like Special ones like Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen where it's Kenny Omega Versus Eddie Kingston In a barbed wire Steel cage match not a barbed wire Death match just a Steel cage match Because Eddie Kingston in his mind he doesn't want Kenny to run away or rely on his buddies to do this and he doesn't want any of his friends getting involved because this is his problem this man humiliated me at this pay-per-view my mental health, my physical integrity and my bravery to come in and save my best friend so if you're gonna mock my health Then I'm going to make your life a living hell. Something like that. I'm not really great at phrasing or thinking in the mind of Eddie Kingston. And so it is set. And in this match. Yeah you can kind of go either way. I. Part of me would love to see Eddie Kingston. Just even if it's for like a week. To hold the world title. Because I think it would be a very fun moment. But I think for the story you'd have Omega win. So I admit this is kind of a a very rushed idea in hindsight because it's very hard to predict what you're going to do. Like, I, I feel like there's going to be stuff for Christian Cage first before Eddie Kingston, but this is just kind of my own personal scenario. And for me, I think it's a good test to see how good Eddie Kingston can be as a babyface in this company. I think AEW's in a very weird yet interesting landscape where it feels like a lot of the... Face and heel roles are switching now. Especially since it's now the end of this revolution cycle. Like we have the new faction with MJF. The inner circle looks like it's turning babyface. Uh, a lot of interesting pieces. And I think in this type of story. You kind of accomplish two things with Eddie. You reaffirm his sort of love for his family. That was ultimately the driving force of his Jon Moxley feud. You get a very fun sort of like interactions with John Moxley. That we can see. Or if we've at least seen in one week. Has been really interesting. And plus you keep the Good Brothers on TV. and You make the Rumble of Impact kind of interesting. You kind of show more of an even relationship there. That you can have the Good Brothers sort of win the tag titles against two of your top guys. Kind of really pushes their tag division. And kind of makes AEW's tag division seem just as good. So you kind of get a cool couple of dream matches built from that. And also, you kind of get some good commubbits for Don Callis. He's kind of just been running roughshod on AEW at this point. I I think at some point, you kind of need to get him kind of punished in some degree or fashion. And I'm kind of surprised they didn't do it with John Moxley. So I think Eddie Kingston would be a great, like, substitute, considering he probably has a little bit more mental anguish towards them. Particularly, like, some of the stuff that he cut with Eddie Kingston during this week's AEW. Just saying that every time that he had an opportunity he screwed up i feel like that's a great sort of driving force you can have with that so that's kind of the basis of that idea so let's move on to the next idea and it's one where you know this man may be part of a team but he could really be the future of this company I fought Sting for like two minutes and I probably shouldn't. It's Hook! Shocker, I know! Hook! I'm. I'm bloody serious here. Hook! Now I know what you're thinking. I said future rising star in this company now as I've previously just stated Hook has technically had more interactions with Sting than the majority of the roster (laughs) let that sink in he is 21 years old he's part of Team Taz as Taz's son second generation and he he actually got You know, at Revolution, about like three minutes where they just presented him punching Sting. (laughs) And he got to do like a throw on Darby Allin. They kind of been teasing how good that is. I think that they kind of want to build Hook in the long run as a legitimate threat of Team Taz. Maybe even like a main eventer possibly. And I know that sounds crazy right now. But really think about this. AEW has this weird thing with some of its stars where they're really trying to show you like a long-term thing. MJF is a good example of that. Sammy Guevara, I think, is another great example. And some of their homegrown talent that they've kind of started to have, like Powerhouse Hobbs, Lee Johnson. There are various other people that you can see they're really trying to slowly build them up to be some of the top stars of the company. Or at least potential huge stars. And I think. Hook is that little pet project. They've got working on. Like Cody Rhodes has came out on. Multiple interviews talking about. Actually I think it was on AEW Unrestricted. Where he talked about. Particularly when there were people. Like rehearsing matches. That he was particularly looking over Hook's match. Or at least preparation. So they they clearly want to put him in the ring. So this. Is a story about. How would you book this debut, and how on earth would Eddie Kingston be used here to put over younger talent? Because, I'll be honest, I think that's a great use for Eddie Kingston as well. And so, how on earth would this come about? So, first of all, this all starts how you'd kind of think it would. Team Taz, out in the middle of the ring, talk about how they aren't getting the opportunities they deserve. They got screwed by the 50 or so Sting Derby clone people that were there during their big fight. Why on earth were they there? And look what happened. Look, all the hard work that we had. My son, Hook, was kidnapped for nothing. For nothing. We deserve compensation. We deserve more. And of course... Who comes out first? It's Eddie Kingston. Because his whole debut inside of this company was him essentially saying that he deserved an opportunity. He walked in on a TNT title match. And so he Eddie Kingston cuts this promo saying that you think you deserve an opportunity? What about me? I I spent over 15 years grinding dying living with drug addicts just so that I can get a shot in this ring you guys you've ran shot, you've had opportunity after opportunity your friend Brian Cage has had a world title match and a TNT title match uh, same with Ricky Starks TNT title match powerhouse Hobbs FTW title you guys are getting plenty of opportunities the only person who I don't see getting an opportunity is your son right there. <laughs> and of course, Taz, he starts kind of just saying, well, no, he's... I I think he could kick your butt. Yeah, I think he could. And of course, Eddie's just kind of laughing. He ain't taking it too seriously because why would he? <laughs> it's Hook. <laughs> but Eddie starts to bring up the idea of family, sort of. You know, he has his family with Mox, the Butcher, the Blade, all these other people who kind of, you know, helped him out in his career. And he starts saying that he kind of understands Hook's perspective. He's young, he's hungry. You know, he's in one of the biggest companies in the world. But if you want to be more than just your father, son, you've you've got to stand out from the shadow of this group he starts planting the seeds of hook kind of doing more of his own thing basically saying that was was your father a second was your father nothing more than just a second to a big match like you are he's a he was a suplex machine what about you hook you you're doing nothing y- you're standing there watching as all these people pass you by. What are you going to do about it, Hook? You got a chance to go toe-to-toe with an icon in Sting, and you did nothing. What are you going to do, Hook? What are you going to do? And as that happens, Hook just slaps the microphone out of Eddie Kingston's face. And Eddie smiles. And he just walks away. And so we build to a couple weeks' time. It is Hook's debut match on Dynamite. It is Hook versus Eddie Kingston. And this is entirely to get over Hook. I will be honest. Kind of just because I think Eddie Kingston's whole thing of rising to the top, I think is also... Something you can still kind of keep in his character. But you also could add in just like him working with younger guys and proving that he he still got it. Because I think that's kind of part of Eddie Kingston's character to a degree is his age. And the fact that he looks like an everyman in a world of super athletes and yep superheroes to an extent. I think that's a good way you can describe it. I think that's part of the appeal of Eddie Kingston. And also that he speaks from the heart. And so in preparation for this match. You see Eddie Kingston training his butt off. He's taking Hook seriously. And you see Hook training with Tez. And he starts kind of getting a confrontation with him. Just saying that. Do you trust me Tez? Do you trust me dad? I I can beat this guy. And Tez is like no I I know you can. But I don't think it's right now. And Hook, he he absolutely believes he can. He kind of walks away from Tez a bit. You know, the kind of like father-son type of thing. Where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm annoyed at you. I'm, I'm going to go have a walk to myself. <laughs> it, it sounds very juvenile, but I think it would kind of look cool. So, yes. This is like a very short program. I think entirely to get Hook over. And it is a match between the two. And at first, Eddie Kingston does not take Hook seriously. He lets Hook get a strike in after strike after strike. And he smiles and he laughs. He laughs at Hook. And what I think is a very interesting thing about Hook is that he's kind of that angsty, moody teenage kid, even though he's like 21 years old. So I imagine with like... Each strike from him gets harder and harder and harder. And Eddie Kingston's just sort of, like, goading him until he eventually sort of, like, knocks him down. And we get, you know, a brief bit of offense from Hook, you know, showing off his throw. Which I think would look very impressive if he throws a guy like Kingston. And you just get this, like, mainly, like, a ten minutes worth of, like, striking exchanges between the two. With, like, Eddie Kingston trying to goad out the best in Hook and vice versa. And, of course, Taz, like, tries to interfere and Hook. He refuses, actually. Not because he's going to be turning face or leaving the group by any chance, but just because he wants to kind of prove that he can do it himself. Like, the force of Eddie Kingston's, like, words kind of got into his head. And it builds to uh, a counter off of a throw by Hook into the hurricane for the 1-2-3. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, you, you shouldn't give Hook the win, but you should definitely make him look good in defeat. Like, have this be sort of the first chapter in Hook's career of him kind of, like, see if he can really branch out on his own. I think from then you can kind of push him more in, like, a tag team scene, maybe working with Will Hobbs. I think that would be a cool dynamic. Uh, for me, this also kind of gets over Eddie Kingston trying to right some of his wrongs, trying to, like, help out the younger talent. Because I think that was one of the main things that kind of made him heal in the first place, was that he helped out all of these guys, but it got him nowhere. And now that he's nowhere, he can kind of go back to doing some of that, but also kind of like taking on kind of like a tutelage role, you know, like a mentor position. I think that will be, like, a very interesting direction to take him. If you don't want to necessarily just sort of keep him in there with John Moxley and Kenny Omega. I think that's a very interesting switch for him. And I know what some people will be thinking. Like, it's a big demotion for Eddie Kingston. But, like, you, you don't need to constantly keep him in the main event picture. Like, Eddie Kingston, as we've already discussed, has not had big wins. Like... His biggest win was against Lance Archer. And the week after that, he lost to back his loss to Archer. Like, Eddie Kingston hasn't had big wins. But his promos are so convincing, are so filled with life, that in an almost WWE kind of way, you, you believe that he should be a main event guy. And I think even if you... Have him have this win over Hook. It's still a big win. Because he's showing that he is just as good. If not better than the younger generation. All the while you put over Hook. Who I think AEW has big plans for. At some point in the future. You don't bring in Taz's son. To have him do nothing. And it's clear they're trying to get him used to TV time already. With Team Taz. Anyways I I feel like I'm rambling here. So we're going to move on to the final idea and it's one that I've talked about before and I feel like it's just as good if not more relevant to talk about now. So I feel like we're going to get a real crossroads in this booking. Holy moly, it's my brother Cody. Oh wait, oh, no 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 my my of roadie. <laughs> I I can't rap but that's why Cody Rhodes' theme does it for me! Yes! Cody Rhodes! In easily the most viewed episode of my podcast ever, one of the first people that I talked about having Cody Rhodes feud with was Eddie Kingston because I think they are nearly the perfect opposites. Uh, Cody Rhodes, this rich grandson of a plumber who... Essentially, was this super hardworking yet rich person by the end of his wrestling career compared to Eddie Kingston, who, in his own words, was this guy who had to fight to survive. He, he considered himself a fighter, and Cody not being a fighter, because he didn't grow up with drug addicts like he did. I think that's a very cool dynamic. And I feel like I've got better details of why this is still probably relevant today. Because as far as I know, they've only had one match. And that was that Falls Count Anywhere match. So, I think it's kind of a good idea that we start here from after the match with Pentagon. Where Cody Rhodes successfully beats Pentagon. Because of course he does. He's Cody. He has the Go Big Show, man. (laughs) Why wouldn't he win? (laughs) So, Cody Rhodes, he's talking about how, right now, his career is kind of trajectoryless. He's not in the TNT title picture. And, right now, everyone who's in the Nightmare family has a tag team. So, right now, Cody is looking for someone to step up to him. Step up to the level of the ace of TNT. And, of course, who comes out? It's Eddie Kingston. So you, you are not the face of this network. I am the face of this network. I represent what everyone should be striving for, no matter where you come from, no matter how you look, you can achieve anything like I did. You can fight to survive and achieve anything. Because that's what I've done. That's what I've done. And, And that's why I am better than you. I... I will admit that you are indeed a fighter. But I don't think you're a better wrestler. No, no, no. And so, yes. This feud is built upon... Cody Rhodes versus Eddie Kingston... At a special event. I'm not going to say pay-per-view. Where you're building to... We're going to say it's Fighter Fest. For the sake of brevity. It's Fighter Fest... Eddie Kingston versus Cody Rhodes. And we've been building up throughout several weeks Eddie Kingston with this sort of new babyface character really just fighting for his life in each of these matches. You have him have have a singles match on Dark against Stu Grayson in which they beat the living S-word out of each other. I want that. Also because I love Stu Grayson. I think that would be a very cool thing. Plus, it's a rare match, which I think will be very fun. Get both guys over. You also have Eddie Kingston face a guy like Lee Johnson of the Nightmare Family. Put him over strong, you know? base it off all the younger talent stuff I mentioned earlier. And you have Cody Rhodes, you know, just facing a couple guys. And he's getting... Like, we've seen it with the story of Cody Rhodes' matches. He's getting cockier and cockier. With, like, the push-ups... The, the taunting to the crowd. Like not fully listening to his coach. Which is the reason he lost the TNT title. All these things. Playing into the eventual singles match. And before we get to it. We have like sets of video packages of them. Being interviewed by Tony Schiavone and JR respectively. Talking about how much this match means to them. Like think of it like all of the row to series that they have on AEW's YouTube channel or back when like Cody Rhodes used to do the Nightmare Family stuff Cody Rhodes is talking about how he needs this win more than anybody to bounce back from the point that he's now at like he's not in as we've already discussed any major title pictures he's almost if he loses to Eddie Kingston he'll be forgotten all he'll have is his wife and his kid pretty much it. That's how he's kind of viewing it. This is a do or die situation for him. Eddie Kingston likewise. He he's now turned over a new leaf. He wants to change for the better but he doesn't know if he's ready to change for the better or be the best that he can be unless he beats Cody Rhodes and writes the wrong that he did not get in his first like match at AEW. Like I, the first thing that comes back into my mind For this type of thing. It's when Eddie Kingston. When he first lost. He pushes away the camera. Like he admits that he tapped out. And that he lost. But he just. He won't let the camera look at him. He won't let it just sort of like. Let it all set in. That he lost. To Cody Rhodes. So all these elements kind of play in. And we get. Eddie Kingston. Cody Rhodes. An old school wrestling match. Where you slowly but surely turn Cody Rhodes' heel. And I know what you're thinking. Cody Rhodes turning heel? That's kind of ridiculous here. Why Why would you do that? Cody Rhodes is basically the face of this company. Yes. But I also think that you could easily have him turn and have this super evil elite faction. Which I'm kind of waiting for. Like an evil nightmare family because, for God's sake, your faction name is called the Nightmare Family. How much more evil can you get? Like, the Dark Order were heels, but, you know, things happen now, they're baby faces. The Nightmare Family sounds like the next big, like, heel faction. So I think this could be a whole thing. You had the whole thing with QT slowly turning heel already. I think that you can start turning him heel by just showing Eddie Kingston just fighting for his life as Cody Rhodes is just doing push-ups. He's not listening to his coach. He's letting the fans get to him as they all start cheering for Eddie over cheering for Cody. And then it just gets to a point where Arn Anderson he's just, he's just talking to Cody as he's knocked down on the floor after he's just, you know, put his foot on the bottom rope after being hit by an hurricane And basically, Arn Addison helps Cody Rhodes cheat to pick up the win. And we build from that to an extra couple extra major singles matches between them. You start to build this kind of on again, off again feud between the two, because they're such opposites. I think you can do that and have it be a long-term thing. That's kind of the base of the idea. I think you kind of get over Eddie Kingston's new sort of like babyface character. You kind of get more sympathy on him. That he's had to go through all of this and he just got screwed over by this guy who has admitted in multiple promos that he was a very privileged person fed with a silver spoon. I think that's something you can definitely get behind. Everyone loves that good sort of like every man story. Plus, with it, you can build with an extra couple more weeks of him taking on members of the Nightmare family. Uh, QT Marshall, Austin and Colton and Billy Gunn. Hell, have him beat a legend. I think that's kind of a cool thing for him. And so, yeah, we built to that. And what I think would be a great contrast is if Cody Rhodes instigates a hardcore match against Eddie Kingston. And not vice versa for like their final match where Eddie Kingston would win. Just so like Cody Rhodes has all the Nightmare family by his side. He's got this complete anger and despisement of Eddie Kingston. I think it'd be interesting to kind of see how their feud would kind of progress if the roles were reversed. So that's kind of the basis of it. So yeah... Eddie Kingston, I think, could be a fantastic baby face if you just put him in the right scenarios. That's kind of my main takeaway from this all. And if, honestly, I think you can turn this mad king into a true king, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, right, that was... Probably one of the hardest ideas released. A lot of them I've had to really think about with Eddie. I'll be honest it's mostly because my knowledge of him is mostly around AEW stuff. So all the history I'm o- I'm mostly going off of what I personally know. And if you've stuck around for this point get ready for a real random ending. As we like to always end on this podcast. With a load with a little good old game. I, I nearly lost my phrasing there. Of Fantasy Fumble. If you are new to this podcast. Fantasy Fumble is my. Random wacky storyline idea. That is nearly completely improvised. Off the top of my head. And is accompanied by a piece of music. So. It's usually how weird and wacky. I can book something. In a weird amount of time. That's that's kind of a basic summary of it. So, without further ado, fantasy fumble will begin in three, two, one, fumble. Let the dumpster fire begin. Oh, crap. Okay. Uh. Uh. Okay. Uh. Eddie Kingston. He. God, I have to go back to old skits. He liked cookies on the BTE skit. That's where I got the audio from. So, uh, audio of that, basically, very important for this. Because he is on a match on AEW Dark against Colton Gunn. And guess what? He hits Colton Gunn, Hurricane, five seconds. Beats a living S-word of him. Ah, as Bark Gunn. Not Bark Gunn. You're thinking of the boxer. I'm thinking Austin Gunn. Austin Gunn is just eating a cookie, just shouting boo. Shut up, Austin Gunn. (laughs) Basically, Eddie Kingston cuts a promo just getting in his face, telling him that you are worth nothing in this business. I don't care if your son's Billy Gunn. I am better than you. I can eat a cookie faster than you and I can out-wrestle you whilst eating a cookie. And so yes, the matches are set. Austin Gunn versus Eddie Kingston in a cookie match. That's right, a cookie match. You must eat your cookie in the middle of the match. And when you're about to hit a finish, you have to eat the cookie before you can take the pin. So it's Eddie Kingston fighting off Austin Gunn with Colton Gunn in his corner. Colton Gunn distracts Eddie Kingston throwing cookies at him, throwing food in which Eddie Kingston just eats it because he loves cookies. Why wouldn't he? He can't promo about it. So then he just eats it. He throws it in the air to distract Austin Gunn, hits the hurricane, but he doesn't get the free because goddammit, Billy Gunns came out. Why on earth is Billy here? The Nightmare Family is here. What is the Nightmare Family? <sighs> so that happens. So many people surrounding him that Moxley comes in to break the save facing Billy Gunn as he faces Austin Gunn he hits him with cookie after cookie punch after punch suplex after suplex in which he eats he eats his whole cookie as he hits the hurricane onto Austin Gunn One, two, three, Eddie Kingston has beaten Austin Gunn whilst eating a cookie and he cuts a promo just eating a cookie, mocking him, saying that you may be a gun, but I am the bullet. I destroy you, Billy. I destroyed you, not Chuck, uh, Austin Gun, Colton, I am the king of professional wrestling. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, the, the time limit makes this even more stressful. <laughs> that was chaotic. Um. Okay, that was that was a weird ending. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. <laughs> I this was uh, probably one of the harder ones to make. Specifically, I think I already touched on it already. For me, Eddie Kingston is such an interesting character that I don't think I could do his whole storylines. Complete justice, like I tried, I think there's some good aspects. But I I've always wanna hear what you guys think. So if you have any suggestions what you would do, you know, tell me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper or just tell me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction, you know, get the word out there. Cause I, I generally do think that Eddie Kingston should be using that main event picture, and at some point He's he's definitely proven that he could be a world champion for that company. So... Yeah, I I don't really know how to end this other than... I really hope that Eddie Kingston gets a shot against Kenny Omega. I really feel like that's the direction they're going in. I think Christian Cage is kind of a... You know, a one-stop-shop type of thing. But... I'm I'm kind of going into a rambling bit. That this isn't what you're here for. So... Anyways, I hope you all had an absolutely lovely day. I hope you all had a wonderful day, actually. We're going to make it lovely and wonderful. And remember, everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody.